Welcome to the GlobalTQM.com podcast, where we teach e-commerce business owners how to source the best products from China, negotiate with Chinese manufacturers, navigate Chinese business culture, and grow your business to seven figures and beyond. David Hoffman is the founder and CEO of GlobalTQM.com, your team on the ground in China. With over 25 years of experience doing business in China, David and his team at GlobalTQM.com have the know-how and experience to overcome any challenge you'll face sourcing and manufacturing in China. Hi, Esti. Thank you for having me. I am the. We've been having a blast already, guys. You are in for a super treat. David is a serial entrepreneur building multi-million-dollar companies. You know, for fun. He's led the international trade powerhouse Global Regency. Shipping products over 200 million PA. I don't even know what that is. To over 40 dollars. countries. What? <laughs> dollars. It's dollars. Ah, <laughs> it's like listed funny. Okay.、Um, and he's been a CEO for over 15 years. Considered an expert in China sourcing, supply chain, private label, and brand licensing.、Um, and I'm excited to dive into all the China stuff, especially with everything that's going on. Now, so he left the corporate world, working for public companies, opening retail stores around the country, while overseeing buying and marketing as a director to pursue entrepreneurship, and left for Hong Kong in 2002, which is where he's based out of.、Um, so, Dave, we have a lot to talk about, like we, a lot. We, we do. I feel like I want to dive in just by asking, what does it feel like when the company hits the multi-millions? Like when you see those numbers the first time, and you're like, "Okay, we crossed seven figures." What, like, what goes through your head? That's why we work so hard. And <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you just being go, "Well, that, that's why we stress out every day and have chaos around us every day, because that's the goal." And then do you just go like, "Okay, I made it. I'm done," or does it then go to the ten million? No, you start panicking, worrying how you're going to keep it there,、yep. and what you have to do to maintain it and sustain it and grow it. It doesn't end. It I love that、ends. you said that. I love so much that you said that, because anyone who hasn't been there doesn't believe it, and everyone who is there and has been there knows exactly what you're talking about. Exactly. Because when you start, you're like, "Can this thing work?" And then you're like, "Can I get it big enough?" And then when you get it big enough, you're like, "Can I keep it this big?" <laughs> exactly. And you literally wake up every day stressing because you've got so much business going on and so many responsibilities and obligations around it that you start going like, "Why did I want that in the first place?" Totally. <laughs> and you worry, "How do I keep it?" Yep. And then you're like, "Is this what I was trying to do? Like, is this what I was going for?" Exactly. Exactly. Everybody always thinks like, oh, like you're giving up the nine to five or the corporate world or whatever it is to start your own business journey, and it's going to be great, and they're going to have this freedom. And I, I always say, definitely not. It's the complete opposite. You're going to work ten times harder, ten times longer hours, with ten times more stress. But in a weird way, you're going to like it. Totally. For me, it's always worth it, and I say the same thing. It, you're not doing less work. It's it's the freedom and the flexibility and the the autonomy, if you will. You're in charge. It's an in charge thing. You know,、um, I have a line. What's the line? Right. Basically, like if if you're starting your own business, so you have more time, you、yes. could also just have triplets, so you get more sleep. True. One hundred percent. Same idea. It's so idea. true. But you're right. You work harder, and I think like the, the one of the things is is like. You, In a job, you screw up and you got to answer to a whole bunch of people. 
in your business, you screw up and you do screw up loads. I mean, who doesn't? But you just take it on the chin and you go, okay, well, let's move on and get it right and carry on. And that, that, that's what the freedom is. Your audio disappeared. What just happened? Hold on, we'll cut I know. it apart. Okay, now we're back. Hold on, I'm gonna make a note that we'll cut it at, I don't know, because I wasn't tracking time. It's, yeah, Great. it keeps flashing um, up on my screen. About five um, minutes. It was totally fine until that moment. Um, okay, I just, I made a note for the editors to find that. I'll like, I'll wave okay. my arms. I'll tell them I was waving my arms so they can search it on the video. Okay, right there. <laughs> Got that right here. <laughs> Bloopers. Um, we were saying. We were saying, um, we're talking about just like owning, just being able to take it on the chin and move yeah. on, you know, and not have to answer to anyone. Totally. And in a way, you answer to more people, but it's not the same. You know, like exactly. when, if I need to take off for something so I can cancel three client meetings. So I'm canceling three people instead of asking one boss, but I'm telling I'm not asking. And I feel like that's kind of the difference. It's like, exactly. I can't make this meeting. When you have the boss, it's like, Please, Mr. Boss, I, I would really like to not have this meeting if that's okay with you. If it pleases you, Mr. Boss. And you have to figure out how to fit those clients in. You have to figure out how to make them happy, but it's on you. Exactly. But exactly, it's on you. And you know that you feel comfortable within yourself if you can manage that change and, and if it's going to be compromising or not compromising, and you make those choices for yourself. And nine times out of 10, they're okay. And, and you get to live the life you want to do the things you need to do. And that, that to me is what it's all about. Freedom. Totally. I love it. So what kind of companies have you been building? Like, what do your companies do? Do you have multiples? Do you pick one, then you finish in, you sell it, and you move on to another one? Do you have multiple ones running? Like, what's your style? So, <laughs> what's my style? What's your style? I, I think it's a style. Some people, like they build it. it, they sell it out, they do a new one. Some people, they build it, they automate it, and they move on to the next one, and they oversee it. Like, everyone's got a certain style. Yeah. So, I, I think I've just, my style is just opportunistic. So, you know, I've been, I've, I've been lucky very much in my earlier years to have great mentors that I worked with who later became my business partners. So, like, I was lucky that my bosses became my partners and good friends as well at the same time. So I was very lucky to be opportunistic and as opportunities presented themselves, I was able to take advantage of them. And I never ever, to be totally honest, had a game plan on any of them. It was just, this sounds like a great idea. We can do it, we should do it, and we do it. And I mean, loads of things have not done well, so, and we just quietly <laughs> shut it down. And quietly just sweep it off yeah. to the side. No one has to know. And I forget. Sometimes I meet and I go, oh, what happened with this thing that you're doing? And I go, what thing? And I go, oh, no. Do you have any good epic failure stories? Sure. Well, we, we launched a clothing brand okay. um, about two years ago, actually. That's an epic, epic failure. Um, so what happened? Fair, well, to be fair to us... So our background actually, and my background is, is we've run retail stores. We've run online businesses. We actually had Australia's second largest online retailer. Nice. Um, our businesses have always been around products actually and sourcing products from China. And that's kind of been our backbone. That's why I originally moved out to China because we had businesses that we were um, buying products from manufacturers, building our own private label brands and things like that. So everything we did was off the back of having that infrastructure and that resource. So it was always product-based. 
Okay. And, then, and you weren't creating, you weren't patenting, you were sourcing things that already existed and sometimes private labeling them, but you were just adding your label to something someone else already made. Yes. So that's how we started. Um, and then we started licensing brands where we could license famous brand names and pay a royalty and then take those same products and put like a world famous brand on them and you get a much higher margin because they've got a reputation. Wait, explain this. What is mm. this? Okay. So, so you can go to China. Yeah. Find a product from a manufacturer and you can put any brand name you like on it. We call it private label, right? Right. And OEM. you make up the name and you stick it on. This way when you go on Amazon, you see the same dress with seven different brands on it. Exactly. Exactly. So, so if you read, so, so you can make your own brand and that's great to own your own brand. And that's like probably another whole long conversation. Mm -hmm. um, but what you can do is you can also license brands. So there's a lot of brands that exist in the world that have kind of toned down their operations, or maybe they were known some time ago and they've kind of lost momentum, lost steam, whatever. I mean, there's always a story behind it. And you can actually go to those original brand owners and license their brand from them, which means they'll give you permission to use their trademark. And then you can go and put that on the products. So really? you pay them a And they don't oil. care? Like you're ruining their name or they're just not using it anymore. So, so, so there's different scenarios. It really depends on the brand. Some of them care a lot and that you need to work with their quality teams and their approval teams to make sure it meets the brand's image and standards. But they do it because they know they can't enter certain markets or certain countries or things like that. Oh so my gosh. So that's brand. why you could have a known brand in one country. And if you buy it in another country, it's completely different stuff, quality, everything. It's 100%. people like you who make that happen. Yes. Oh, that is so cool. I didn't know. I love learning back ends of business. I didn't know that was yes. a thing. I'm amazed that you connected those dots. Wait, your audio cut again? No. Yeah, it keeps saying okay. Zoom can't detect your speaker. Please check your speaker setup. Oh, but weird. I'm on my laptop. I'm not doing anything differently. Um, let's see what I'm going to, I'm going to shut down a whole bunch of other apps just in case they're causing a conflict. All right. It's fine. We'll make it work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's weird. Um, Mikam, you were saying you were amazed about something that I did. I was amazed that you picked up and connected all those dots so quickly about some brands being different in different markets. I'm impressed. I always wondered about that. Okay, I get it. So you license the brand name, then you white, you take that name from some other country that yeah. exists. They have the brand equity and they have the reputation and you exactly. stick it on some whatever thing you pick up in China. Exactly. And much quicker and faster trying to spend that money building a brand and a reputation, right? For sure. Genius. The, I love that. Yeah. So the challenge for the brands that do that or allow that is how do they maintain their quality, quality control? Totally. And, and that's what we do in China. But Got it. So you help maintain the quality control for them exactly. based on what they need. So, so we do both. We actually design the products. We maintain the quality for them. And we actually take on the brand in certain markets. So Very we cool. kind of like vertically integrate on those opportunities. Okay. Um, and, and, and by the way, a lot of brands really stuff up their brands like that. And Completely some do a really that. good job. Yeah. yeah. And some do a really good job, you know? So it's not a perfect science, but I mean, it happens a lot. No, it makes so much sense. And I've seen it so many times and I've always wondered about it. And now I understand it. That's really exactly. fun for me. And it's bigger than you think. A lot of people do it. <laughs>
I, I really believe it. Now I really believe it. And I've seen it. And now I'm going to kind of look out for it even more. Exactly. But I, it makes so much sense. So what was your epic fail that you tried to launch your own brand? Well, we tried to launch our own clothing brand, okay. um, which was a massive mistake. I mean, we thought we kind of met people that were kind of really into the clothing and the fashion space and everything, which to be fair, they were, and they had a good social media following. But there were a few problems that we didn't understand about the industry. And we, I think we probably lost just over a million dollars already on that in two years, um, which I'm still licking my wounds. <laughs> yeah, that hurt. That's a bunch of money. Yeah, it does hurt. It could have been a lot more, but at least I can say we did it a bit more responsibly than most would. Um, but in hindsight, I would have actually done it even more differently, but it, it is what it is. Um, but I, I think we kind of learned the problem with clothing. We understood. Wait, you cut out. The problem with clothing is? Yeah, I can see it keeps coming up. Your I keep getting the same error. Do you want to try to log out and log back in? Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Okay, I'll be here. Okay, okay. Hello. Hi. We're back. <laughs> Are we back? Yes. And I realized I missed a whole important chunk of your bio. My bad. Oh, really? <laughs> should we just start all over again? Oh, my God. I don't no, know. we shouldn't. We have good stuff here already. We're going to keep going. No, we have great stuff. Exactly. We're going to keep rolling. How's your, how's your audio now? Is it happy? I don't know. It seems happy. He hasn't complained yet. Excellent. Well, we'll give it a whirl. Exactly. Okay. So you were saying what you realized, now I forgot. I don't know, what I realized is that um, we don't know a whole bunch about clothing and you, know, you, need different, you need different sizes for every single color. So you know, the amount of SKUs you need is insane. Insane. Inventory level holdings are ridiculously high because of it and you sell out of the good stuff and because you, you, you've got so much inventory, you don't want to buy the good stuff back and you know, that was our one massive, massive oversight. And then the other oversight we had, which I, I must be honest, is it was the first time we got involved in a business that um, we were kind of relying on social media to drive sales. And we don't know, know much. I know a bit more about it now, <laughs> but I didn't know much about it then. And we certainly weren't any good at it either. And I realized that, you know, just having, you know, a couple of hundred thousand Instagram followers doesn't translate into a business or sales. No, <laughs> it does not. Yeah. And, and, and I naively thought it did. I, I believe that a lot of people do. So that's the kind of stuff that I do. I know. Um, <laughs> marketing and not wasting money on it. <laughs> I actually got an email from a Fortune 50 company on the back of my entrepreneur article on the six top yeah. marketing money wasters. And this guy wrote, basically he said, he's like, yeah. we're a fortune 50 company. You think we know better, but we don't. <laughs> exactly. And I promise you, I've met so many people since that I realized most people don't actually know what they're doing or what they're talking about. And when you find the magic ones that do, it's actually easier than you think. And you get very simple and clear answers. 
Correct. And I always say, if you, if it, you can't say it quickly, it means you just don't understand it well enough. That's exactly if it takes you a long time to explain it, you don't 100%. know it. That's what I say. If you can't explain under 30 seconds, you don't understand. My mic's acting up again. Zoom yeah, it did. It cut out again. Mm. What? What's it saying on the audio intake? Let me just have a quick look here at settings preferences. Um, test speakers, MacBook Pro. Should I change it to same as system? I mean, not it should matter. Should it make a difference? Yeah, advanced. Hmm. Can you hear me now? I hear you fine. I've heard you fine the whole time, except when I don't hear you at all. I know it just keeps flashing my screen over image every now and then saying microphone, but I, I, it's like everything's built in. I'm just using the MacBook. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no it's external... super weird. So there is a yeah. backup plan. If it's being crabby, you can always dial in um, okay. and we can record the audio from a dial in. Okay. So should we try, let's carry on trying. Cause yeah. I changed it from, cause it gave me the same as system default or MacBook. So I just changed them both to default. Maybe it's just happier like that. We'll try. All right. Let's find out. And if not, we could always do a dial in. Sure, My editor's sure. gonna have a blast with this one. Sorry, guys. I know. Good luck. <laughs> test your <laughs> test <the> skills. <laughs> yeah, they're great. Um, okay, you were saying. Yeah. Nice. No, we we're talking about like marketing and stuff, and like just people yes. that can't explain it simply and quickly. They don't just don't get it. I like that. All right. Yeah. It's getting dark. Okay. <laughs> we got lights. Um, okay, marketing. Uh, catching up. Back to it. Yes. Okay. No, and this is. In, it, in a way, it's so validating, I feel like, for small business owners who make the exact same mistake, cost them maybe a little less money uh, than it cost you. Um, but sure. it's kind of true what they say, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. Absolutely. Exactly, 100%. And honestly, like, I tell people, because I, I, I advise like, a lot of entrepreneurs who want to source products from China, and like, that's what, one of the things we do. And like, I just say to them, like, honestly, the biggest shortcut to success is the right mentor in everything. You know, totally. if you just speak to guys that have been there and done that, they'll, they'll give you an answer straight away. Yeah. And it makes such a difference. I agree. Um, we recently had something that went exactly according to plan, just not my plan. Uh, <laughs> and I spoke to some of my top guys who, who do this and I'm like, what did I miss? Like, oh, this, 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 this. I'm like, thanks. Did you want to tell me that beforehand? Like, oh, we just figured you knew. Like, yeah. no, no. No, no, I didn't. I, didn't, I had no idea. <laughs> I didn't know that. I didn't realize that that was a thing. But next time, I'll make sure to just come to you and say, "I don't know." Start from yeah, A. I don't know. Take anything. me all the way to Z. Pretend I know nothing. I will keep my mouth shut the entire time. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No. One hundred percent. That's why they say experience is the best um, teacher, right? Hundred percent. I know so many more things now. So the That's current cool. thing that you do. So you do the licensing, you do the selling, and you also advise or source, like you're now helping other people do the same thing, right? Yeah, so, so, so what I did was, like, like when, when my stay in China has been really servicing our own businesses, and we've had a few business partners that are like really huge companies buying massive volumes out of China. So it was always like kind of very vertically integrated, all the services we did. So I recently started, which is kind of my new, I call it a hobby, but it's my new business. Like, <laughs> That's the best like kind. The one, it's the business that makes us the least amount of money, but the one that I like the most <laughs> and seem to spend the most time on. I don't know why that is. <laughs> Service versus product. 
Exactly. Yeah. So, so, so it's called Global TQM, and and we basically offer people services in China. And how it really started was because, like, I, I've got like friends, family, you know, all over, and like they all trying to buy products from China or source stuff and start their own little business or things like that. And like that, all I'd always get an email or a phone call from somebody oh hi david you, you know your uncle gave me your name said maybe you can help me and i'm uh, uh great yeah because i'm not doing that right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and um and like but i mean this goes on and on and on and everybody and like you know of course you can't say no and they say oh i'm happy to pay you and i go well whatever i charge you you're going to be unhappy because you don't you won't appreciate the amount of time that went into doing that because you don't really understand what goes on behind the scenes. And the truth is like a lot of the things like that have trouble, like I'd say, okay, well just email me the details or copy me in the next email. Like, let me try and understand what's going on with your like supplier. And then like, I, like I got, an, I'll give you one example. I get an email that they've been messed around for like two and a half months on a sample. They were trying to get a sample from a factory and they were promised it and weren't getting it. And they're so frustrated. So I called Jenny, one of the girls that worked for me. She's been, Jenny's been with me for, I think, 12, 13 years now. And, and she's in China. She speaks Chinese. She lives in Chinese. And I said, Jenny, do me a favor. Can you just call this factory? I, let, I sent her the email. I said, just call this guy at the factory and find out what the hell's going on. She comes back about 10 minutes later. They're sending the sample to our office this afternoon. He didn't understand what the client was asking about. He was as confused as she was for two months. Oh, my gosh. I was like, were you kidding me? And, and now I repeated stories like that. So I, I wanted to figure out how can we break down like what we do all day, every day into kind of bite-sized services. I think my audio has gone again. It went again, yeah. Mm -mm -mm. But we're back now. We're back. We're back. Um, so, so I wanted to just kind of figure out like how can I – how can I monetize it and help more small entrepreneurs, you know, to, you know, find their way around China, navigate their way around China. We've got a huge office and resource there. They don't. So how can we put that all together? So it took me probably about two years of kind of fiddling around, messing around, trying to figure out that model, which I kind of feel like we quite we close to, I think we kind of figured it out now. Um, and, and then, you know, so like, we will take entrepreneurs, they'll call us, they'll tell us what products they're interested in or what they want to launch on Amazon or, or in their business. You know, not all of them are online sellers. And then we, we help them source it from China. And, you know, we, during the process, we teach them and mentor them how to do it themselves. Because like what most people don't get actually is that like that they could never pay for our services because it's endless communication. It, it's like running a bit, it never stops. You talk to your suppliers all day, every day. There's always problems, always, you can't just go to someone and say, oh, um, you do for me, you know, I'm gonna pay you. No, it's, you can't, it's your business. You gotta deal with your own vendors, your own suppliers. So I kind of modeled it in a way that you can kind of learn as you go. And then over time, you don't need us as much anymore. And, you know, successful ones will, continue on their own and you know nurture their own supplier relationships and just use us for transactional things when they need us um like you know maybe physically checking a product or physically going to a factory or things like that so you know 
it's kind of it's like, that's kind of my passion project at the moment and it seems I love me, it and it's so you know, needed I I have so many clients so I work mostly with service-based businesses um, yeah. but I also have a couple clothing lines actually so I, okay. I could have told you that I should have met you before. <laughs> you, you should have met Damn. me like a year ago. Um, so I've I've helped a couple. Like I like to work with the niche clothing lines um, yes. because I always wanted to be a fashion designer. So I just live vicariously through my clients. Um, I design. I'm going to show you what I did. I want to know where we went wrong. <laughs> I'll, I'll look at it. I'll look at it with you. Um, so I so all the time, right? And I've had some Amazon seller clients as well, and they really get stuck and they don't they don't know. They don't even know what they don't know. So exactly. what would you, uh, I guess you already do tell people this, but like, how does someone source a factory? Do they have to call a company like you? Do they have to fly out to China? Like some of my, all of my people that are the most successful all yeah. go in person out to China. They go out to yeah. the shows, they meet people in person. Is it even possible for someone to do this if they're not able to go in person? And again, no one I know speaks Chinese. So how does that part work? Yeah. So, so I mean, and uh, I think my audio has gone again. We're back you, now. You're back. Yeah, it's, it's the, you really hit the nail on the head with, the, with that question because people come to us and that was one of my reluctances originally when I started this kind of thing was, you know, how do you offer a service when the results almost expected, almost a guaranteed failure in most cases. And I realized it's an education because there's no simple answer to it. The reality is if you're in the product business and you want to build a product or sell a product, it's got to reflect you. And that means you getting on a plane, finding suppliers, finding products you like, you talking to those suppliers and trying to explain to them what changes you want to make. It's very hard to translate that through a middle man. You know, it just, it just doesn't work because all that's going to happen is you end up taking a middle man and saying, everything's your fault. Why didn't you get this right? Why didn't you get that right? It just doesn't work like that. You're dealing with a manufacturer. So, you know, and, and the other thing, is, I mean, how, how many times I can tell you I've gone to a supplier or to a trade show with something in mind and I come back with a complete different idea because you see things and you learn things and they show you other things and you go, oh, wow, maybe that's better or I never thought of that. So for me, I think it's a combination of, of those things. You know, I think I, I know people that have successfully, you know, from not moving from a chair built an online business and they've never gone to China and they've been lucky, but they, they search online, they order their samples, they send people out to check it out and to help them. And it can work. For me, I moved to China because the closer I was to the factories, the more successful we were. Got it. And touching and feeling and changing. So, but I do think like you got to at least have regular visits to your suppliers and to trade shows. You know, even if it's once or twice a year, you know, and then you need some resource on the ground to take care of the daily, you know, transactional stuff, nitty gritty, communicating or, you know, checking up on things. So that, that to me, I think is the right way, you know, have a resource on the ground and do, do your buying trips and your visits. That makes sense. But how would people even figure it out? Like I know some of my clients have had so much trouble finding factories that they're happy with. And then the delays are insane. I mean, then with coronavirus, it's, completely out of hand um but like all the newbies they're like what what is chinese new year and why did it just ruin my life <laughs> i love the way you say that <laughs> yo what is chinese why do I it's it? a month when nobody works and it's always different and it just like ruins their entire supply chain management and then they're just like we didn't know that that was a thing and last year it was a different thing and all of this and 
And what I still don't get is if you don't speak Chinese, how does it work? Do they speak English in a lot of factories? Do they have like a, a translator or an English speaker that will interface with people? I have never like when I go to manicure places and everyone's chattering in another language, I never know what they're saying. I know, it's funny. It's, so, 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 so I don't speak Chinese. Really? How do you live yeah. in China, have an office in China, employ so many Chinese that and not speak Chinese? I go, well, the best part is I don't get caught up in any office politics. <laughs> I don't even know what's going on. All I know is, is it done or is it not done? Can I see it or can I not see it? So you learn. But I think most of the manufacturers now in China can speak English. Um, right. It's worth it for them. Yes. And especially because they're exporters. If they're exporting and selling to the rest of the world, they've normally got English speaking staff, albeit um, sometimes it's a more broken English or words are different. It's like any language where there's translation, you've got to just be a bit more patient and calmer and that funny enough, their written English is much clearer and better than the spoken. So like I always say, reconfirm it by writing bullet point things, just break it down a little Make bit. Make sure it's always but, written. Yeah. And, and honestly, like if a supplier can't speak any English at all, my advice is run a mile. There's just too many details in any business to have to worry about somebody who doesn't even speak at all the language, right? And most of the factories, you know, the bosses can't speak English, but they employ an English sales team and then they can interact with their boss. So, you know, so that's okay. I mean, obviously all my staff speak Chinese. So we have lots of meetings where they help me translate because it's quicker and faster and things like that. But on the whole, I've just moved more and more towards English speaking suppliers where I feel I can communicate well with them because there's too many problems happening from misunderstandings. So how did someone find a supplier? Like I would like to try to ask the questions. I know my listeners are thinking, and I know there are always people sitting like, okay, so I want to start selling on Amazon or I've got an idea for a product. I want someone to manufacture it, or I've got an idea for a prototype, like, and they don't even know where to start. And I don't yes. think, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm thinking on an airplane is step one. <laughs> no, where do they start? No, so, so where you start is building like an RFQ, right? Which is kind of like a request for quote, which is like literally to dumb it down. Think of it as a PowerPoint presentation mm -hmm. where you've got blank slides and you drag and drop images of things you've seen or like and that you want to kind of change and vary and you make notes on it, like a sketch pad almost literally. Cool. Then, then uh, because it's very hard to like get people to understand what you, you're thinking about. Or it, I think we lost all. We lost it for a second. You were saying it's hard to get people to understand what you're thinking about. Yeah. So, so, so the best way is normally to draw it out or, you know, grab images from different sources and mark them up and just, I mean, rough, rough, rough is fine. You know, then you can go online, you can go to, Alibaba, global sources, and just start finding suppliers that work, that make similar products or work with those materials and literally just reaching out to them and talking to them as, hey, I've got an idea for a product. Can you quote me on it? Send them the picture, send them the drawing. I mean, that's how a lot of people start. And then, you know, through that, you'll find some guys are clueless, some guys are not to talk to, and they're online now with Skype, with WeChat, with WhatsApp. Although WhatsApp is harder for them in China, but Why? Look, because it's it blocked by the Chinese government. So the no way, they haven't blocked WhatsApp completely. Not completely, but most of the domestic mobile phones are blocked because they really? 
Yeah, because because uh, what because uh, it's encrypted. So that, no way. Yes. So yeah, no yeah. Telegram either. Telegram no. super encrypted. No. WhatsApp is like child's play. Yeah. So unless you got VPN, and a lot of the guys do download a VPN. It's very WhatsApp yeah, virtual private network, guys. For all of you listening, yeah. Exactly. I like to translate acronyms for everybody. Otherwise, I've had that experience where you're sitting and you're just like, what are they talking about? So virtual private network, that? which allows you to browse the internet without being traced. Because if you don't have one, by the way, you're constantly being traced. Yeah, so they download a VPN. Yeah, they download a VPN and then they can use it. But like WeChat, do you use WeChat? No, I don't even know what that is. Okay, so this, uh, this is going to blow your mind, okay? okay? Because the fact that you don't know what WeChat is, it's like me saying, okay, imagine me, David, have you heard of Facebook? And I said, no. <laughs> so WeChat is like the Asian chat app. It is humongous. Wow. It is like bigger than big. It is massive. So in, in China, everybody, you talk through WeChat, you chat through WeChat, you pay with WeChat. It's almost a cash. pay with it. Oh it's my. Cash. I don't know anybody in China who carries cash anymore. Anybody. And I include the street vendors on that equation. Everybody really? You can be a street vendor with it? Yes. That's crazy. The taxi driver. There isn't a human being alive in China that you can't pay with WeChat. Nobody carries cash anymore. That's scary. It's scary. <laughs> and who owns you, WeChat? The government? Like, what did they let that one live? Oh, interesting story. WeChat's owned, it's actually listed. It's owned by Tencent. 10 cents listed on the NASDAQ. So you can. I don't even know who that is. Okay. And you don't hold me accountable, but I would buy their shares. I know I had. <laughs> <laughs> because I just don't see how that's just not global domination eventually. But anyway. Yeah. Sounds like um, it. Um, no, it, it's amazing. What, what WeChat have mastered what a lot of these, like our social apps, are trying to master. But to China, and it which is, is just an ecosystem that people live in that does everything. Ecosystem, yeah. In fact, Apple even had to make a concession for WeChat because within the WeChat ecosystem, you can download other apps. And because WeChat is so big, there's an Apple couldn't, you know, it's a violation of Apple. You know, they don't allow that. They have oh, no wow. chance. There's no chance you can exist in China without WeChat. It's like oxygen. That is cool. Okay, I am definitely going to check this thing out. So we chat to all our suppliers on WeChat. And I Got it. My whole office on WeChat, and they send you pictures, images. I mean, it's so easy now. I'm going to take a look. Yeah. It sounds like it's like five in one. It's like yeah. Slack, WhatsApp, Google, yeah. Apple Pay, um, Zoom, exactly. Skype. Like It is. It's exactly what it is. And, and to be honest, the UI is not mind-blowing on any level. Um, but like, it's just, it's like, just dominant it's the well the simpler part. it is the better it is to use yeah it's one of the reasons i like whatsapp a little bit more than telegram even though telegram is a lot more secure the interface yeah. is just a teeny bit more intuitive and that little bit makes the difference well that's why i can't get off whatsapp onto our message because i just love being able to go back to a thing and quote it and mm -hmm. reply Swipe. to that line yes. and that's my favorite part of the whole thing huge <laughs> Exactly. It's such a game changer. Those tiny efficiencies that make, you know, life better. That's all. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. Okay. So, so they'll search online. They'll find Alibaba. How do they know if the person's good? How do they know if they're going to get their stuff in time? How do they know if it's going to look any Like I've had people who try to get a color and it comes back like a completely different color. Yeah. 
And that's exactly why I started Global TQM, to fill that void. Because you don't know. And there is, there is no way to tell. I mean, they'll say, oh, we're a verified supplier. You know, we've had site visits, audits, things like that. You know, but I just, you know, I, I know for a fact that's all rubbish. I mean, I deal with suppliers that tell me they're Walmart suppliers and Walmart audited. I call my friends up at Walmart and they go, no, they're not in our database. <laughs> you know, how do you know, right? Anybody can put a logo up on their signboard. And so, so you don't. And that's why it's really becomes a part of like just building a relationship. You know, the more you communicate, the more you get to know them, the more samples you order, you'll start seeing the I think our, our audio. Yeah, it did. So the more yeah. samples you order, something. Yeah, you'll start seeing the deficiencies coming out and the inefficiencies, you know. And that's, by the way, like one of the things that I do for a lot of our customers is I we're like a. Right now we broke up completely. Like they, Hang on. Uh, one of the things uh, you do for okay. your customers. Yeah, is um, we, we do like a sample concierge service because. I say to them, like, they, they, they order samples, they, they get couriered from China to America or Australia or wherever, and they get them and they're complete garbage. And then they're like so depressed. It took two weeks to get, I paid for them, it cost me a fortune. What do I do now? And I go, yeah, you start again and order more samples. <laughs> and, I, and I go, that's why I live in China, to reduce all those aggravations, all those aggravations. That's the reality. So... So it's so like what I do for them now, I say, okay, get all your samples sent to our office in China because it takes one or two days. We do a Skype call. We go through them all with you. We can pick up any like discrepancies or issues, hold them up to the camera. And like then, you know, straight away, okay, send that one over, send the rest back to the factory, ask them to change them because they weren't any good. And like, I mean, that just it saves weeks and weeks of time because there's, there's just no way around it. We order tons of samples iteration after iteration until we get it right um, we visit our suppliers we check their production we we meet the bosses you know it's like any relationship how do you know you 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 start dancing and <laughs> you realize and you see how it goes are they stepping on your toes are they a good partner do they have rhythm exactly. <laughs> does it work it, it, exactly so yeah and, and is china and the mean, best place for people to source like i know a guy reached out to me how I'm trying to remember where he was from. I want to say Bulgaria, but that's wrong. Um, like I've had people reach out to me that they're trying to launch factories um, and they know that I know people who are looking to manufacture. And so, uh, you know, I'll come to people all different parts of the world and a number of my clients purposely manufacture in America because they just cannot crack the China code. Like they've only had yeah. disappointing experiences and so they'll pay yes. more and do it locally. Like, would you tell somebody like, no, it's worth it to try and crack the code? Are there other places? And obviously China's your favorite, you live there, but yeah. <laughs> are there other places people should have their eye on? Are there up and coming um, places? Like what, what are your thoughts on that? I think, I mean, there are other places, but they exist mostly because of like trade tariffs issues and things like that where, um, oh, yeah, know, how did that go over when they issued all the new trade tariffs? Like it's, this is past year. What what happened well, then? To be honest, for us it was good. It's weird. It's gone again. Yeah. Um but, you said it was you know, for you it was good. Yeah, and I'll tell you why, because um we don't ship a lot to the US. So, ah, so you're fine. Yeah. But what happened was a lot of the factories that were shipping to the US their customers weren't buying a lot, were starting to let them down and not sure. 
So they became a lot more desperate for more business. So they suddenly became a lot more like accommodating. For to you. Our, yes. So like our service levels went up. Like some factory economists are like, you never contact us unless we like desperately begging for something we call you, you know? Right. And I, so, so we had a good side effect there, although it did hurt a lot of factories. And I mean, I know a lot of guys actually went out of business and just really, really struggled. So it wasn't a good situation, um, but there were some, I mean, other markets, I think, benefited from that. And, and I think some factories actually found a, a broader customer base and, and kind of diversified their reliance on U.S. business, which is not a terrible thing. Right. Yeah. All your eggs in one basket, never a great way to go. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so people would look at other places for trade tariffs. Are there other places, are, are there any different places for different kinds of stuff? Like I know China's looked at like the place for everything and anything, but have you seen that like, no, if you're doing plastics, let's say it's better there, or if you're doing fabrics, it's better here, or is it like, no, China just wins on everything if you can make it work? No, there's definitely different places for different things. Like Vietnam's very good at ceramics and, and um, housewares and things like that. And they work well with some materials like bamboo and stuff. It's like a kind of a craft and a skill that they've developed. Um, Bangladesh is great for clothing and fabrics. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a lot of the um, clothing industry buy from there. Cambodia is becoming better and better for um, fabrics and things like that. I think China's still the best for electronics, consumer electronics and things like that. So there are different ones, um, but China's probably still just the biggest and the main one. Right. India's actually got some interesting manufacturing going on. I just, I, I just think of India as more service. Like in my head, China has more stuff and India has people. Not, not that they don't both have a ton of people, but like for me, India's like where you get your people to do things and China's where you get your stuff made. Yeah, that's how I see it too. <laughs> But there is manufacturing in India. But there is manufacturing and there's probably workforce in China as well. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But yeah, I think you're right. The people in India, because they speak English so well and they're very tech literate, it's much easier. Um, And yeah, most of... And and honestly, like for me, I think the best thing to do is to go to like the Canton Fair in China. It's like huge. I mean, lost yeah, so over- how do you find out about these things? Like, how do you find out about the fairs? Like, I know so many people come to me and I would just always send them to somebody who knows. I'm like, here, call this guy. Um, yeah. How would they find out like which thing, where? There's so many. Is it just speak to someone who knows? Is that just it? Yeah, speak to people in the industry and they'll tell you which are the best trade shows. The other thing that's very useful is like, you go online, speak to some of the manufacturers online that are in that space and ask them, hey, which trade shows do you attend? Mm. Are you going to be attending any of the trade shows? And you'll probably find a pattern. Most of them will say, oh, we're, coming, we're going to this show in Germany or we're going to this show in China. And you'll start realizing, ooh, that seems like the one that they're all going to. So that's I like where I want that. To be. I like that. Very yeah. cool. This is, I love this stuff. This is awesome. So what's a current, like, so currently you're running manufacturing, you're running a bunch of companies and you're doing the consulting and the consulting's taking all of your time. What's a current struggle for you where you've kind of landed now? I, I think, I think like where I'm struggling at the moment is, is actually in the digital marketing space. 
like because you know we've haven't had to do that before in terms of like promoting services and you know creating a, a trust with clients through a face and through you know a, a company that people hopefully learn to trust it's just a new space because there's like facebook advertising there's google advertising there's things like that which uh, we haven't on any level nailed and all our business that we've been kind of generating has been through word of mouth or through like relationships we've managed to form like we did a great relationship with an amazon school that teach people still on amazon and they're referring a lot of their students so that's been great for us but just organically building traffic and building clients digitally online is is challenging it's really challenging to do it right the wrong pathway no offense <laughs> I'm with you. i would I'm just with say you. it's it's challenging because it's not the right way to go <laughs> and we're gonna talk <laughs> i want to hear more um so uh, just the basics every industry is really different right and in products very easy to put a picture of a product up online and if someone wants it they click on it and you know they if you can make it look like it's quality or if it's got the brand equity or or they're just willing to take a chance on you and also it's very often low ticket um yeah. and so it's not a big deal right it's very different like you want to buy 400 or sell 400 headphones you got to build up a reputation around that and that's a whole yes. thing in and of itself service i specialize in service i spend all my years in service i only do a little bit with product that's why i yeah. love talking to people like you so it's yeah. super fun well, i'm going um, from product into services so you might do <laughs> so in service it's all about the relationship, yes. right? And you can't build a relationship with Google ads or Facebook ads. Yes. You just can't. Yes. Um, yes. This is why so many of the, we, we would say, let's say the, the service mass marketers or the information products, all the people with the online courses and online programs, why do they sell through webinars, right? Yes. Why do they have, um, I forgot what it's called now, the sales four piece sales pathway. Funnels. Yeah, not even sales funnels, but there's because there's a warm up sequence, right? Yes. So cold to sold is five to seven touch points. Yes. And in service, and when it's a high trust thing, and when it's a high trust thing where your money's on the line and you've probably been burnt already, so you're coming in at an awful place to be frank, yes. right? Yes. You're getting people that are probably not just starting, you're getting people that are already burnt because they thought yes. originally they could do it themselves, then they realized yes. they can't. Now they're looking at you ready with suspicious eyes and yes. you're based yeah. in China. So maybe you're part of the enemy. You know, <laughs> how do I know if I can trust you? You're one not of them. from here. Exactly. You're one of them just because you speak English, you know, exactly. um, and, but they're desperate. And so you have to, at the same time as you build their trust, show them how much smarter you are than them, which doesn't make them feel great. And they have to believe you. Like, it might not be true. <laughs> no, this is a really hard sell. It's a really it hard sell. And yeah. so your pathway is always going to be a referral pathway. Yes. I would, I would not have you go, again, if you, if you had asked me, I would never tell you to go B to C if I could help yes. it, unless yes. it's direct. Meaning, yes. like I would have had you, yourself, or people on your team go to all the trade shows, not to look at the vendors. Yes. To meet the people the who client. are looking at the vendors. And you'll yes. be able to pick them out in a second. Their eyes are glazed. They got no Correct. clue what's going wandering on. Around. Wandering around, hopelessly, helplessly. You yes. walk over, you hold their hand, you have that human connection. Again, it doesn't have to be you. Trustworthy people on your team, people who are good yes. at building rapport, 
who know the pain points. They've got a nice piece of collateral that gives them, you know, let's say we call it education-based marketing. Um, yes. Education-based marketing is really, really fun. So in Marketing Pyramid, um, you have, let's say, 3% of the population at any point that is searching for something. Right? Yes. Let's take cars. Cars is my favorite easy example. Yeah. So at any point, I've got 3% of the population who's looking for a new car. Right? And yes. then maybe I've got another 7%. That's like, maybe. Like, they have their eye out. Right? Yes. That top 10% of the market is who everyone goes after. Yes. But under that, there's 30% who don't necessarily think they're interested in a new car, right? They're happy with yes. their old one. They're good. Like they're, they're okay. Then you've exactly. got the 30% who don't think they're interested, right? Yeah. So the, the top one is like, eh, probably not. The next one is like, no, nah, I don't think so. And then the bottom yeah. people are like, no, I definitely don't need a new car. Like I'm good. I yes. just got one. My car's great. I'm fine. Everyone goes for the top 10%, people who are yeah. actively looking for this. And when you do something like online ads like that, a lot of people gear those ads and the messaging, again, for the top 10%. Yes. But there's 90% that is just waiting for you to explain it better. Yes. I... <laughs> what I always tell people in this position is like, if you can't compete with the top 10, and again, you could if you were, let's say, in person, go for the 90, education-based marketing, explain to all the other guys, or at least the 60% in the middle, why they are looking for a new car, why they do exactly. need you, you know? Yes. And so something like top 10 things you need to know when starting to source in China, right? Yes. One of those 10 is you need a man on the ground. By the way, yes. it happens to be us. But the other nine yes. are just really valuable pieces of information. You yes. have to become a trusted advisor instantly. Yes. These are the pieces of marketing you should be putting out there. And it should be out on the sites that people frequent. It should be going to the Amazon training schools. It should be going to any of the, not vocational programs, but there are a lot of programs. I wouldn't call them quite vocation because they're not teaching a trade so much as BizOp. Um, yes. Any of those, any of the small business and entrepreneurship conferences that people go yes. to. But going through the advisors. Because yes. they know, like I know, I would send people to you in a second. I know what yes. my people need. I've been looking forever for people like you. And yeah. you would shortcut my people so much headache, so much heartache. But, and once I pass your name along, you're in. Yes. So you're B2B to get to your C's. <laughs> Why did I only meet you now? <laughs> <laughs> you had to suffer but, first. But you're so right because that's actually kind of was a turning, a pivotal point is like the Amazon school I was working with, yeah. you know, that they were referring clients. I mean, they still are. And, and, and because they already have a trust with their students and they've got a community of trust, you know, they feel very comfortable to schedule a call to talk to us. And, yeah talk about their journey and, and you know and then we see how we can help them totally and once they talk about their journey and then as long as you have a low barrier to entry um which is you know oh you're having a problem no problem we'll check that out for you exactly. right you do that once they're yours and maybe yeah. they pay you for it minimally maybe they don't even pay you for that first thing doesn't matter they're yours because they know you can solve their problems exactly and that's totally. what we do. We do like the first call is like a free call. I do a lot of them myself because I like, you know, it helps me also shape what we, what people need, you know, like totally. talking to them and saying, Oh, that, that's your pain point. That's what you're struggling with. Or we can solve that. In fact, I've, I've invented services while talking to people. I go, this we is can how do it goes. That for you. That's so easy, right? Literally how it goes. This is how I built my entire business. 
Yeah. I built my business around what people were asking me for. And then we started codifying and we saw that like, so we have a marketing strategy program where we teach people yes. how to never waste money on marketing again. And it's marketing A to Z. It's offline, it. it's online, it's sales, it's yeah. branding, it's targeting, it's the whole thing. And it's because I'm doing this over 10 years. And over the 10 years, I've seen that over half our business has been that. That's people's biggest questions. So I said, the first program that I'm going to make, the first thing I'm going to codify is the thing that most people ask me. Exactly. That exact, 100%. No, it makes total sense. Yeah. No, speaking to the man on the ground and, and everything gets lost otherwise. No, I'm with you. And it's, it's tough, especially you're far away. So you're not, you're not necessarily in it with them. And you exactly. don't personally have the same pain points they have at all because you solved them by moving there. Exactly. Well, exactly. And, and that's the truth. Like I say, like, guys, I've been here for 16 years. Does that not tell you something? <laughs> Believe me, I don't love living in China. I'd much rather be on a beach in Australia. But, you know, but it has created a lot of opportunity being there. So for sure. And it's such a it's such an opportunity. I love working with businesses that like serve the world in a way, like solve yes. problems. Not that I don't like stuff. I like stuff. I love my pen. I like my glass cup. Like I, we need stuff, but to me, <laughs> I, what I love about service is people have problems and then you can solve them. And people really have this problem. They need yes. you. You just have to let them know you're here. That's all. Exactly. The right people in the right way at the right time through the right method. And, and you're good. So That's all. Just, just like that. Oh my gosh. Okay. We could talk forever. So now that everybody is completely ready to buy after listening to this, cause they know, you know, your stuff, yes. where's the best place for them to find you? Well, if they just go to our website, globaltqm.com, okay. it's super easy. There's a button that says schedule a call and they literally click that button, schedule a free call and we take the call and we talk about where they're at, what they need and we tell them how we can help them. Love it. Or not. Love it. And it's so valuable. Guys, any of you who I see, I'm on the site right now. I see schedule a button, schedule a button. I see schedule a call button. I see a WhatsApp button that if you click, it connects straight to his WhatsApp. They make it really easy to find them. Um, and this is invaluable. Like I would tell you before you get burnt, reach out to David so that you don't get burnt. Really good idea. Um, okay. So David, at the very end, I always like to surprise my guests. I didn't warn you um, and ask for a quote. It doesn't have to be a favorite one of all time, but it can be. It could be something on your mind. But I love how quotes kind of wrap everything in like a nice bow. Oh my gosh. Should I bring out my book of quotes? Yes. <laughs> I have a book of quotes. I was collecting quotes from the time I was a teenager and I have an entire um, like binder with plastic sleeves full of quotes. I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's hard when you put me on the spot, but there's two things. Um, the one is... Actually, we spoke about it earlier because I and I, I genuinely use it all the time. That if somebody can't explain it to you in under a minute, they don't understand it well enough. Yeah, and we, like we spoke that. about it, but it's a, it's a fact. It's true. And um, and then the other thing I just strongly believe is that um, you don't know what you don't know, and that's why just surrounding yourself with the best mentors and people around you is the fastest way to learn. I love that. You don't, to, you don't need to figure it out on your own. I love that. I love how that kind of encapsulates so much of what you explained was your journey. Also, like you had mentors, you sought out opportunity and you sought out more mentors to come with you with those opportunities. And, uh, and yeah, and it's really worked for you. Absolutely. <laughs> Amazing. I'm a figment of my mental sculpturing. <laughs> That's all I am. I'm a result of different results people. of all the mentors. I hear that. <laughs> I hear that. And I've, 
I am a business coach slash consultant and I have had a business coach all my years. And every time, like, and I've graduated already twice now when I felt, and I've had like niche mentors in like different areas, but yes. as a general mentor, like I remember the first time I graduated from my first business coach, I just felt like I'm done here. Like it wasn't like a bad, I wasn't upset. I was just like, I feel like I got from you everything that I needed to get to where I am. I don't feel like you can get me Not past here. So I need someone else. That's all. Correct. And that's good. In yeah, fact, I've got I a guy that used to come out all the time. He's a great engineer. He's a doctor of electrical engineering. He's been a mentor and advisor to me for many, many years. And like, it just recently got to the point where I just said, like, we, we've outgrown what you offer. You know, right. we've gone more tech. We've gone more this. We've gone more that. It's just not your space anymore. Totally. And it's good. Totally. And that's, you know, there's only goodness in that right it means like that person's been amazing for you in your life they've been amazing on your journey and you've graduated we all want to graduate we don't want to stay in exactly. kindergarten or elementary school exactly. or even college forever <laughs> exactly the student becomes a teacher of yes at some point the student does become the teacher it is true those, those are some really fun moments okay guys i'm going to keep talking to david but you got to go so <laughs> you can find him at globaltqm.com. He's super easy to reach out to. He clearly knows his stuff. And uh, you also know someone who needs to hear this. Anyone who is selling on Amazon, sourcing in China, trying to, trying to run any kind of product-based business, whether they're manufacturing or they are reselling, share this episode with them. sdran.com slash 93, or hit your share button on Spotify, on Google Play, on iTunes, Stitcher, it's everywhere. Come on. And subscribe because we have more things coming. And we will catch you next week. David, thank you again so much. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great. This is amazing. Thank you for listening to the globaltqm.com podcast. So you don't miss a single episode, remember to subscribe to our show on iTunes. We'd also be very grateful if you'd leave us an honest rating and review. And don't forget to download your free gift, our ebook on China sourcing for startups at globaltqm.com slash gift.